0: Hello, and as always, I want to thank each and every one of you who return to listen to these podcasts, and welcome those of you who are new to these pod to listening to my podcast. Um, before I begin, I just have a personal statement to make, and that is, you know, I, I feel bad enough for children who are being abused, um, but when I come across these stories where a child was taken from their parent because the parent was not taking care of them properly or abusing them. And they go into hand the hands of somebody else and it's just even worse for them than it was. I mean, I just... These kids, it's like they never had anything good in their life. So, excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't have COVID, I promise. Um, Jeffrey Baldwin... This is who we're going to talk about today, and just before we, we get started, if you are sensitive to um, s- stories about children being abused or violence, then this probably isn't a good podcast for you, and I would advise you not to listen any further. But little Jeffrey Baldwin, he was born January 20th, 1997, and he passed away on November 30th. 2002, he was a Canadian child whose death was from septic shock after years of mistreatment by his grandparents, Elva Bottineau and Norman Kidman, and led to significant changes in policy by the Children's Aid Societies in granting custody of children to relatives. So he was born in the Doctor's Hospital, which is now part of Toronto Western Hospital in Toronto the son of Yvonne Kidman and Richard Baldwin. On April 28, 1998, he and his older sister were taken by Catholic Children's Aid Society after allegations of abuse were leveled against his parents. They were given into the custody of the maternal grandparents, Elva Batineau and Norman Kidman. In 2000, a worker with the Catholic Children's Aid Society noticed a bruise under Jeffrey's eye, but it was dismissed as an accident and no action was taken. According to later court testimony, Jeffrey and his sister were kept in a lock room at night with a furnace fence shut. And if you don't know, Canada can get very, very cold. And um, when they were released, they were forced to eat with their hands on a mat on the floor. James Mills, the boyfriend of Jeffrey's Jeffrey's aunt, who also lived in the house, declared that Jeffrey's grandmother did not love him or his sister, and that they were purely a dollar and cents matter, as his grandparents received social assistance for their care. Now, I'm just wondering why it is that James never came forth either, but I don't know. There's no answers on that one. So... On the evening of November 30, 2002, the grandparents called 911 to report that Jeffrey was no longer breathing. Upon arrival, emergency workers noticed that his body was covered in sores, bruises, and abrasions. And his weight was slightly less than his weight on his first birthday, almost five years earlier. On March of 2003, the grandparents were arrested and charged with <clears throat> sorry, oh my goodness, second-degree murder for their role in his death. The court declared that they had kept Jeffrey locked in a bedroom where he lived in his own feces and left him to drink from a toilet. The judge was told that the pair used the children as a source of income, collecting government support checks while offering very little in return. On April seventh, two 2006, they were convicted of second-degree murder by Justice David Watt in the Superior uh, Ontario Superior Court of Justice. Sentencing was delivered on June 9, 2006. Botineau was sentenced to 22 years imprisonment until 2028, and Kidman 20 years until 2026, before they respectively become eligible for parole. On November 22nd, in 2013, Todd Boyce, a fellow Canadian unrelated to Jeffrey Baldwin, started a $25,000 crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo over two months to erect a bronze statue in Greenwood Park, Toronto, depicting Jeffrey dressed as Superman, a superhero that he loved. Over $36,000 was raised. And in July 14, DC Comics denied permission to use the S in the Superman logo on the statue. However, the decision was later reversed And the use of the logo was allowed, and the statue was unveiled in the park on October 18, 2014. McKee is not the only deceased child from the hands of an abuser that has a statue or some sort of memorial erected. Um, Sylvia Likens as well has uh, some type of a memorial erected for her. Uh, This is in Indiana, and I'm trying to cover that case, but it is so extensive that, you know, the information is, it's a lot. And so getting it into a, a manageable podcast, I haven't been able to accomplish yet, but I really want to cover that case. Oh my God, have you ever heard anybody cough so much? So like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, I, I just, I feel twice as bad, I guess you could say for these children that, you know, they had it bad to start with. And then it just gets worse and I, and I, I, just, I don't understand how this happens. Um, but in this particular case, now granted it's in Canada, I live in the United States, but I do know that here, um, when a child needs to be removed from home, they do try to keep the children in, in um, you know, another family member member's care if it's at all possible. But I think there is something to be said, uh, especially in a case where you're going from, say, a parent to a grandparent. Um, if the parent is negligent or abusive, uh, I, I really do think that there needs to be some sort of background check or extensive screening, some kind of precautions taken because we, we know that in cases of abuse that it is cyclical within families and that parents who abuse their children are often abused by their parents um so uh this is something to think about in in our in all of our societies no matter what country you're living in if you have a country that um recognizes child abuse which not all countries believe it or not do um that you know, they, they do more thorough screening of whoever the child is going to go live with, regardless of the relationship to the child. <clears throat> Good grief. I'm so sorry. I do apologize for all the coughing. Um, I do want to leave people with a final thought in that, you know, if you see something, say something. You've heard that before. We all have. And in cases of child abuse... It's so much better to report a suspected abuse and be wrong than to turn the other way and have it be something that's actually happening. I don't really have a happy note to end this on. I do apologize, I feel, for this little boy. But I do want to remind everybody to stay safe, and I will see you again. Bye-bye.